0: The number one issue that um, sex counselors deal with um, are married couples, uh, or an individual within a married couple who wrestles with the guilt of having sex with their spouse. And even though they want to have sex, they're struggling over the guilt and the dirtiness and you know, I kind of alluded to that earlier. The idea ultimately is, yeah, every time you have an experience with someone. Um, There are things that you can't unsee, and there are certain experiences that you can't unexperience, right, and it's going to kind of make you who you are.
1: Welcome to Our Faith Journey, a podcast that focuses on how to find joy and purpose in an abundant relationship with Christ. My name is Gerald Chang, and I've noticed that most Christians today struggle to develop a personal connection with God. This podcast will share practical ways on how to foster a relationship with Christ so that you can experience lasting joy. Hey, well, first of all, I hope you found the previous series on race and religion. There was a lot of difficult information that I've been wrestling with and still am right now. But, you know, I hope that the conversations I've had with Bowtie Brian and Sean were helpful for you. to Well, we're back on the series called Love and Relationships. And just to recap, God designed us as relational beings, you know, not just in a relationship with him but with others. And I believe all of us deep down desire meaningful romantic relationships. Yet things get complicated. Some of us have had to deal with issues like breakups, divorce, loneliness, premarital sex, toxic relationships, and broken families. And all these issues come up because of relationships. So in this series, we're gonna be going through each phase of the relational journey and how does God ask us to approach each season of life. And my hope is that this series will continue to help you win in relationships both now and in the future. Well, on today's episode, I interview someone who's been an important part of my faith journey, Pastor Jason Calvert. Uh, we did ministry together in high school, and currently he's serving in Ohio as a youth pastor at Kettering Adventist Church. And today we address a topic that is a little taboo to talk about, and that is healthy sexuality. Now, I know for most of you, the primary message you've heard from Christians is this, you know, don't have sex until marriage. And then the conversation ends there, which I feel is pretty sad and and shallow because there's just no in-depth conversation about sex. Like, why is sex an experience that is best limited to a marriage setting? And especially in today's culture where sex scenes have become the norm in TV shows and movies, and pornography is just a click away on the internet, I think it's really vital to nail down how a Christian conducts himself or herself in the area of sexuality. And so today, Pastor Jason and I dive into topics such as God's perspective on sex, you know, how do we talk about sex, and even So on today's episode, I have on my former high school chaplain, Pastor Jason Calvert. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much, dude. It's so good to see you. I'm like nerding out. You don't even know because I'm like, oh, Gerald, he's my kid. I'm so proud of him. I just <laughs> want to reach out and like pinch your little cheeks, which I know is super awkward and, and uncomfortable. But yeah, dude, just super proud of you and the man God's growing you to be. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to be here, dude. Thanks for asking me.
1: Thanks, yo. Uh, speaking of little cheeks, I was really little back in the day, so
0: <laughs> bro, homie. For all you listeners, go check out Gerald and like when he was a freshman. Actually, I have pictures of you as a freshman. Oh my goodness! Um, you were about two and a half feet tall and maybe thirty one pounds wet. Like oh, that was okay,
1: a okay, he was okay. a
0: little dude. But man, you grew up and you became a campus ministries leader. You were. uh Wait, were you a student chaplain? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Um, you know, leading out with music and helping create, you know, a, a ball and worship culture at Loma Linda that they're still continuing. Uh, so yeah, we got a lot accomplished those, those years at Loma Linda. So, we so did. Yeah, it was good.
1: Hey, uh, Pastor Jay. Oh, I call him Pastor Jay, by the way, because that's what he... What was. It your name in like Loma Linda area? But now he goes by Jason. So uh, Pastor I'm Jason. grown up. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> And in can- fact, you know what? People don't even call me pastor. They're just like, just, just Jason, dude. I'm just a dude. But <laughs> oh, whatever. It's all you, Gerald. Whatever you want to do.
1: <laughs> well, Pastor Jay, uh, can you just share us a little bit about yourself for those of you, the listener that doesn't uh, know who you are?
0: Yeah, dude. Uh So grew up in Chicago and um, was going down a certain direction in life. And then God totally showed up when I was in eighth grade and turned my life around and Went to uh, a Christian private school um, that honestly I hated. (laughs) Uh, It was the worst, like Christians, and I'm not sure if you know any with their weird and with weird rules and I did not like it. And then I started taking this ridiculous class called Bible and did not like it at all. But, you know, God like shows up and, and, and uses opportunities and uses people and uses spaces in ministry, um, to connect with us sometimes when we don't even want him to. Uh, yeah. so he totally did that, um, changed my life around in, in high school, went to study theology at Southern with Andrews for grad school, then started pastoring in Chicago for a couple years. And then this little dinky place in Southern California called Loma Linda okay, uh, okay. invited me to come out and teach Bible. So I did that for five years. And then I became the campus pastor of uh, Loma Linda Academy. And that's really when Gerald and I started to hang out more often. And anyway, so I was out in Loma Linda for 10 years, kind of doing that SoCal scene. And now I am in Kettering, Ohio. Never thought I would ever live in the state of Ohio, uh, <laughs> but honestly, it's super fun, right? I'm at the Kettering Adventist Church and um, really trying to create uh, a faith community that is just relevant and engaging and fresh, uh, that helps people grow in their, in their walk with God. And, and uh, yeah. so, yeah, pumped to be here at Kettering. And I've been here for almost four years now. It's crazy how quickly time goes. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Wow. Four years. Congrats, it'll be four man.
0: years in august yeah okay. yeah
1: First so yeah thing.
0: that's it man I'm, I'm still a youth pastor i've been a youth pastor forever um i keep thinking man one of these days i'm i'm getting way too old for this let me tell you dude like even gerald right like when you were in high school <laughs> i was like okay i can keep up with okay i get it right but like these kids have you listened to the music these kids listen to it's it uh, i was about to say a bad word it's like, it's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> um, I, I hate, you know, and that just means I'm like the old guy. But um, honestly, the kids are really good and uh, our youth group continues to grow and we have a great leadership team. And um, yeah, it's awesome. We're Back in the day at Loma Linda, we started One Life. We have One Life Midwest here. Oh, um, yeah. Where we have hundreds of, of kids from uh, six different states and different conferences and like all over they come. And uh so yeah, just making ministry and, and relevant here in in the Midwest. So yeah, mm. that's what's up. As of recent, I have three little kids and they're amazing. Did I even have kids when I was with you? Yeah, I maybe one. so.
1: They were just yeah,
0: Noah probably.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I got to think about that, but yeah, I know
0: it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a minute. So yeah.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, one reason why I asked Pastor Jay to be on the show is because I remember conversations we had in high school where he would just ask us, uh, what questions do you have? And I think Pastor Jay is one of those pastors that is able to be honest and transparent about issues that people don't really like talking about or are kind of taboo, right? And so we're in a series on love and relationships. And today we're talking about healthy sexuality, and mm, uh, sexuality. When, I know. I try. I, tried to I feel it so honored proper, that you you right? asked me
0: for. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, let's figure out <laughs> sex. I know who to call. Like how? How did that thought process even go down? But whatever. That's that's between you and Jesus. But whatever. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. So let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so you know when Christians hear the word sex, right? The the one thing that probably comes to mind is don't have sex until marriage, which I do believe is a, a lesson that should be taught, but it's like not the only thing that you could say. That There's so much more than that. And I think right. it's just such a limited way to view things. So just from your perspective, why do you think uh, Christians fall short when it comes to talking about sex?
0: Yeah, so, and again, I am a Christian, to be clear. I follow Jesus and I love faith communities. But a lot of times I think the challenge is We think of Christianity as religion, right? And so religion says, do this, and you're in do this and you're out, right? Like religion has uh, like parameters and there are lines and, and guidelines and and there's and basically it's kind of behavior-based. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, the faith tribe that I happen to be a part of, um, at one point, right, even to be baptized, it's like, okay, because I'm going to be baptized, I therefore will do this. I won't do this. I won't do this. I won't do this. It's very behavior-based. Well, that's religion, right? Um, do this and you're in don't do this. Or, or, you know, if you do this incorrectly, then you're out. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I find uh, challenging is nowhere in the scriptures that God ever invent religion. Um, God didn't create religion. Man created religion. God created relationships. And Mm -hmm. if you think about the scriptures as like this meta narrative of how to be in relationship with each other and this being who like speaks and galaxies exist and who you know runs the universe but yet cares so much more about us individually than even we do right there's there's a verse that says you know um he he numbers the the hairs on our head mm-hmm. uh well you know i keep it easy for him so there's that right but like it's it's not like um, It's not like he knows, okay, you have, you know, you know, five billion three hundred, you know, whatever. It's not like he knows the number. It's like each one has a number. That one that just fell out is number three thousand four hundred and eighteen or whatever. So the point is we have this God who cares more about us and what we have going on than we would even care about. Like we don't care about that, right? Um, so scripture is all about this God who is. It's all about relationship with us, mm-hmm. not necessarily religion. And so I think that's really the challenge. And, and again, you know, a, a lot of... Sorry, it's, it's a little cold here in, in Ohio, uh, so I'm going to put my, <laughs> my beanie back on. Um, yeah, this, is, this is really awkward. Um, but it's not like, like these Christians that make it about, um, you know, well, well, don't have sex or, or have sex. You, you can only have sex till marriage. They're well meaning people. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, especially in my generation, uh, this is what I'm learning more and more. My generation actually has a lot of theological baggage that their pastors and their parents taught them. And then they Mm. just kind of passed it on to their kids. And now, like, yes, I'm technically a youth pastor, but I've been doing a more and more honestly like counseling and processing with my kids parents because a lot of times the questions and the issues that the kids have their parents have and Mm. like they're not sure what they think about this stuff so um you know it was taught to us by well-meaning people right they love jesus they ultimately they want their kids to be saved and be in relationship with jesus they just did it wrong you know based on this model of of religion Mm. versus relationship i don't know does that make
1: sense yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about just guidelines and just lists. It's about how do you commune with God and commune with others, right? There's a deeper level of meaning.
0: Right. And then and then pastors and Bible teachers, maybe I'm guilty of this. You'll have to, you know, call me out on this. But they'll say, Oh, sex is so good. It's this gift God gives us, blah, blah, blah. But by the way, it's not for you. Right. And you and we say this to a bunch of kids. And Mercy. let's be honest, especially high school and junior high kids. I, like Okay, I want to say something that. Okay, I, I won't say that. Don't worry, we're not like gonna get in trouble. But like, they are raging. They're they're just they're just raging, right? Hormonally. Raging hormones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. We we'll just keep it. We'll keep it kosher. And so to tell them, oh, so God made this amazing thing. Don't worry, you're gonna love it, but not yet, right? And mm. and, and again, at the same time, it, the challenge is. Um, it's called the infantilization of of a generation. And so basically, mm. at any other point in the history of our planet, um, high school kids. Um, from, like, your generation, Gerald, on on down, were out fighting wars, uh, having children, moving away, building homes, starting civilization, right? Like, when you're in your teens and early 20s, you're at, like, the height of your physical abilities, and right? I mean, you're just raging, right? You're go, right? You're ready to, you know, make it happen. And then you have Bible teachers and parents and youth pastors and religious people or whatever, like me, say, yeah, but not yet, right? and so it's just, it's like you have these adult bodies with these adult urges, with these, uh, you're, you're mentally an adult, mm. but then we kind of try and keep you with, with answers like this. I feel like it's like this, uh, you know, this limiting perspective. Mm. And so, yeah, I actually think it, it does more damage than good. While I agree that is the answer, but we need to do a better job of explaining it. That, that's all.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's just do that right now. I mean, this is, this is helpful for me too. And as well as whoever's listening, how,
0: Yeah, at at, at any point, if you get bored, just be like, Jay, you're being boring. I'm like, all right, (laughs) cool. We'll do something else.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's just dive into what you think is a better way to explain like sex from a Christian perspective. How do we talk about it in a meaningful way? You know?
0: Yeah. So I think first and foremost, um, we were, We should know, especially during this time of quarantine and self-isolation. And I know that no matter where you are on the planet or even here in, in America, right, we, each state has its own different rules and regulations. But for the most part, everyone is still in a different rhythm, right, with this whole self-quarantine situation. And there's a reason why during this time, these last couple months, um, suicidal tendencies have gone up. Actually, suicide itself has gone up. Depression has gone up. Uh, mental health issues have have risen because we were not created to be alone right mm. our, but one of the very first things our scriptures teach us is that uh the well you might remember this this is, uh, this is actually a bible quiz question from <laughs> way back um it was right the first time in scripture god says something isn't good uh-huh. is when man was alone we were never created to be alone. We were created to be in relationship. And so there's always a part of us that craves relationship and craves community. Um, you know, and I, now again, again, I'm going to sound like this raging old guy, but I, I love, for the record, I love social media. I do a lot on social media. I probably should do more on social media. Um but one thing I hate about social media is that it's it's fake relationships. And the thing is, that's what yeah. every, everyone knows that, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I have X number of followers. I have X number of friends or whatever. And they know it's not real. But yet we kind of treat it and expect it to be real, right? Mm. And so we kind of set ourselves up for, yeah, for fake community, uh, which to me is a Now, perhaps more than ever, is a time for churches and a faith community to be strong and relevant and engaging and inviting, uh, because we live in a culture that could have hundreds and thousands of friends and followers, but still feel so desperately alone. Um, so I think the first thing is no. Let's understand we were created for community and for relationships, and we crave this for a reason. This is something like we were created to be sexual beings, and actually, right? It, it's it, it's like a godly thing, right? Um, mm. To to procreate, right? One of the first things God says to Adam and Eve is, you know, be fruitful and multiply. And if you think about it, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, all of us kind of look like our parents, right, to a certain level. Um, Because for the most part, our parents reproduced, they multiplied, and we kind of are in their image, which is a very godly thing, right? Mm. They got together the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Spirit, and they said, let us create in our, make man in our image. So it's a good thing, right? And and I think that's what we we should understand. Um, What was the question again? (laughs) This this happens to me. (laughs) No, it's
1: all good. So we're talking about like uh, just... How do we talk about sex as a, like in a meaningful way, like as? Oh Christians, yeah, yeah, right? for sure.
0: Okay, sorry. So, I think if we started with this one basic concept, and there are a lot. But if we understood this one concept, it would really clarify a lot. Um, and that is the the idea of shalom. So shalom is this this Hebrew word, this Hebrew principle that means um, complete or perfect or whole, right? Uh, maybe you know some some good Christian. Christians out there are like oh the scripture says "Well, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect and so we start thinking man that means I can't sin and I got to do everything just right and I got to look like this and act like this and listen blah 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 blah." no that's religion that's behavior based that's not what shalom is uh I'll be super ghetto uh sorry all you Gerald Chang listeners this is probably the most ghetto thing ever but like if I uh if I draw Remember my notes back in the day? You guys used to hate those. Uh, I just, I just had this flashback to all my old Loma arts students complaining about my, uh, my penmanship. I can't read that. Like, that. shut up. Okay, so like if I if I did this, mm-hmm. and I would say, can you even see that?
1: Yeah, you drew a no. circle. Now it disappeared.
0: <laughs> now it disappeared. Okay. Uh, well, this is this again. This is. Oh, what is that? Well, whatever. Anyway, if I just draw a circle. Uh-huh. Um, and and I ask you, is it is it a perfect circle? Like the circle that, I don't know if you remember, but the circle I just drew. Like, would you say that no. that's perfect? Right. Why? Why is that not perfect,
1: Gerald Chang? Uh, it's not completely round, I guess. There's a little bit of like shakiness in the connection or whatever. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, you see yeah, yeah, yeah. okay
1: so you're saying that's not perfect. Why? Because it's not completely round. Like there's... It's connected, but uh, it it looks more like an oval, maybe or like a little egg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I think Teresa Phillips is like having like cardiac arrest right now as (laughs) as we speak, right? Because you I I didn't get my little my little compass out. Wait, is it a couple compass protractor? No, it's whatever. Compass. One of those. Yeah, things. I, didn't, I didn't get the compass out because the radius isn't like exact, right, from that <gasps> oh, okay, center point okay, all the yeah, way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and so my point. Okay, this is this is the point. In Western culture, in Western society, that would be the answer. It's not perfect because the radius isn't you know precise all the way around the center point. The problem. The, the thing is, in Hebrew, according to the scriptures, it is perfect. This is perfection because. Uh, there we go. Um, this is perfection because it's connected, because it's complete. Mm. Um, and so, this whole idea of in, in a Western society of perfection meaning without flaws that's what we think. Uh, so be ye perfect, be flawless. No, that's not at all the Hebrew notion or the understanding of shalom. To be perfect means to be complete, right? There's no gaps. It doesn't matter Mm. the shape. It's just, it's whole. It's complete. Um, There's safety in that. Um, There's a hope in that. There's even community in that. So the point is shalom, which we translate as peace, right? We just say, oh, you know, have peace. But it's ultimately the goal of life and the goal of relationships and i would even argue the meta narrative of scripture is god's desire for man to experience shalom mm. complete peace i feel whole um there's no gap right in the middle and i would argue that a lot of times you know things that we say are bad um and then we even argue that they're even biblical and and then we get into fine lines of well is that conservative or is that liberal is that, you know whatever um you know, we could start going down behaviors, drinking, sex, you know, how you, you know, certain religious holidays or, or, you know, whatever, like things that are secular, is it religious, you know, right and wrong. A lot of times those things are based on, well, I am, there's a gap, right? I'm missing something to in order to experience Shalom. And so we, we try and figure that out. Right. And so, um, you know, so we, anyway I think a lot of times the temptations and the things that the devil throws at us is saying listen you're there's something missing um in order for you to experience shalom and so here's the answer it's it's sex or it's porn or it's alcohol or it's partying or you know whatever you want to put in there um religion right just be religious um be churchy and that will figure it out and and I think uh yeah, ultimately, the goal is that we experience shalom, that the person that our community experiences shalom, that the person you're dating is experiencing shalom. This idea of, of completeness and whole and trust and hope and future and like, oh, okay, everything is okay. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I think really that, that's a better model of, of, okay, sex before marriage. Okay. Instead of just telling people no, right? the moment you tell them, no, that's the first thing they actually want to go and do. Right. And I actually Mm -hmm. think the, the older I get and the more, you know, former students I have and former kids in my youth ministry who are now adults, they've come back or, you know, just young adults in general, or even parents will say, I grew up in an in an environment at a school or at the church that taught sexuality really, really badly. And it taught that it was, it was a dirty thing and that I should feel guilty about it. And, and, and then, you know, I go to get married and I'm, everything's supposed to be wonderful, but they actually can't get over those feelings of guilt or, or body image. Uh, right. Um, and, and so I actually think there are a number of, of uh, Just people um, in my generation, perhaps in your generation and older generations who, in the name of religion, uh, were actually taught some unhealthy things about sexuality and sex in general. Um, and so I think, yeah, we need to do a better job of explaining. It's, it's not behavior based. It's mm-hmm. more ab- about this experiencing shalom. And through that, that's how we can actually grow in our walk with God and yeah. each other. I don't know if any of that made sense. <laughs>
1: I like the you're you're painting like the the foundation, right? Because if we were to talk about this and we just talk like, yeah, I don't have it just because A, B, and C, right? We're we're starting from a place where it becomes very principle or behavior based, right? But then right. when we talk about shalom, right? So then then we can frame the conversation like, why does quote unquote, pre- yeah, not quote unquote, why does premarital sex maybe break this shalom, or maybe it's not the thing that actually fills the gap, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, something that is kind of irritates me sometimes is when people try to make an argument for certain types of marriage, and they say, well, we need to have go back to the marriage of the Bible. Really? Have you read? The marriages and the Bible, you really want to go back to polygamy. You really want to go back to, uh, okay, you have two wives. Um, they can't have children. So go get a, a girl, even a servant. Maybe she has no say in the matter and make babies with her. And then, right? I mean, right, right. And that's the thing where people are like, oh, we got to be like Abraham. Have you read Abraham? <laughs> um, and, and so it just it, it kind of irks me when people say, Oh, we just need marriage like it is in the Bible. No, no, we don't. We need to go back to the, the foundation, right? So Adam mm. and Eve, um, you know, in Genesis two, well, in Genesis two, right? It says and there is um man and woman and the and the two became one. Mm. Again, this idea of wholeness. Um, they are they're shalom. Uh, but it's still two, right? So it, it, it you know it irritates me when people or songs or you know whatever movies, especially like oh you complete me. No, that's terrible. No, they don't. It's a whole person and another whole person. So mm. if you're if you're not married right now, you know what your job is: figure your own self out. Right, be a whole person, so that then you can go and meet that other whole person, and then the two. You don't need anybody. The two then become one, where there's perfect safety and peace and security and hope and joy right and and that um and then you know the other thing right after that in genesis 2 where it says that the two shall become one and then it says and they were both naked and unashamed it's like they're both so just 100 percent real and honest and it, and it's you know and it's good right they experience mm. shalom so um Again, I what was the question? Yeah, I think it, it sets the foundation. Right, um, but uh, yeah, but but let's not start talking about. Well, we need to have marriage like Abraham or you know Jacob or right because they had some pretty awful marriages or, or uh-huh. David. Right, I mean, yes, he was a man after God's own heart, but he was also after another man's own wife. Right, and True. commits murder and adultery and there's abuse and like David does a whole lot of terrible things. But again, that's actually kind of the beauty of what I'm talking about. Because if it was, was behavior-based, then, and what's interesting actually is the passage is that God is actually saying um, in Acts, the quote is, that, or in Acts, the text is talking about how God is declaring David as a man after my own heart. So how could God say that if it was behavior-based? Uh but it's not, right? It, it's this whole picture thing. Sure, he, made, he screwed around, made a bunch of mistakes, killed the guy, actually killed you know, several people. And you know, he, 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 was, he was kind of a jerk sometimes. Like, he did a lot of bad stuff. But that's not the point. The point was he was in shalom with God, right? He was complete and whole. And he made mistakes, but he still came back because his goal was still the same, just to be in relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we could do, yeah, a, a better job of Talking about that, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah.
1: Sense. <laughs> um. So, like, what we we're saying, I like how we look at the the biblical examples and be like, yeah, like there's some pretty unideal situations, right? And yet, God still um uses them. God still has grace for them, right? But, well, it
0: actually says that God blesses them, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking of
1: Hagar. I
0: mean, if you remember the story of Hagar, right? Here's basically she's like a middle school, junior high kid from Egypt. She's taken away far from her land. Now she's a servant for Sarah. Sarah can't have any kids. And so she's made to sleep with like this 80 year old man. Like, how awful is that? And we say, oh, biblical marriage? No, they make mistakes but God still blesses. And in the story of Hagar Mm -hmm. and the story of Abraham and Jacob and and Isaac and Jacob, like all of these people, they still make a whole mess of mistakes. Um, But God works within culture. I think that's another thing that sometimes we have a hard time with, especially Christians is we think, well, this is the way. So walk ye in it. No, I mean, yes, but, but God seems to always operate and move within culture. Um, and I think that's always something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one principle that you were mentioning earlier, which is, I, I was starting to think about this question for myself, right? The, the first like account we have of like a sexual experiences is, is Adam and Eve. Right. And, and we talk about two becoming one and it's such a powerful union, right? That, um that is important because there's so much vulnerability and all these things that come into the picture. And that's, and at least in my like opinion, like that's why we don't take this thing that is so holy and just put it into, you know, just an encounter with someone like a one night stand because you're having such a powerful experience, but then you're giving yourself away. Can you can you can, right. like talk more about that? Like why that's so crucial?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, just going back to an earlier comment, you know, the number one, uh, like I gotta make sure I get my facts right, but the, the number one issue that. Um, Sex counselors deal with um are married couples uh, or an individual within a married couple who wrestles with the guilt of having sex with their spouse. And even though they want to have sex, they're struggling over the guilt and the dirtiness. and you know I kind of alluded to that earlier. The idea ultimately is, yeah, every time you have an experience with someone, um, you, you there are things that you can't unsee. And there are certain experiences that you can't unexperience, right? And it's gonna mm. kind of make you who you are. Um, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, even people that I talk with now who are like my age and, and older, um, they'll say, and this is actually, and I'm not sure if we're gonna get into it, but you know, one of my issues with pornography is a lot of times while you're having sex, like this perfect, intimate, gorgeous, exciting, you know, whatever thing with your spouse you're having these flashback images, right? You're thinking of someone else or something else, or you're starting to fantasize um, about something or someone that isn't even real. Mm. Well, that, this thing that should help create Shalom is now actually breaking apart Shalom. Um, And so, yeah. And so I think ultimately here's my message to Everybody. Um, Yeah, I think sex is this beautiful gift for, for married couples, not because there's some sort of magical potion in the idea of being married, but because within this concept, I guess I should say this, because marriage can mean several different things. I believe the scriptures teach that sex is this beautiful gift within the context of a monogamous committed relationship. That's what it's all about, right? A one-on-one committed relationship. And then there is, there is peace. And you know that Mm. there isn't going to be extra baggage or let's be honest, extra diseases, or let's be (laughs) honest, uh, extra children, right? Cause that, that happens. Right. And so, you know, I'm 40. Let's be, let's be honest, I'm old. My wife is not quite 40, but she's getting there. If she got pregnant, I would not be a happy camper. That, like we're we're too old for this stuff. But even if it were to happen, it's like, no, you know, we'll figure this out together, right? It's not what mm. we had in mind, but we will get through it together. There's this peace and a beauty about moving forward together. Well, and 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 I, the goal of marriage, I think is this this idea of committed monogamy um well outside of that yeah it, it, this thing that could be a beautiful thing that brings you together um oftentimes separates us like let's be mm. honest and and then um and now you have a child and, and i love children obviously um but it, a lot of times it's just harder um when you don't have that someone else to to help their you know to be there with you so
1: right i'm I, not sure I, if
0: i answered your question but yeah
1: <laughs> it's funny you have said that so many times, but I, I love the ideas we we're coming across, right? Because as we think about like the consequences or like, yeah, the results of sex before marriage, there's so much uncertainty that adds to the right. picture, right? Yeah. So STDs are one, right? Second is like having a kid and then you have to wrestle with the concept of abortion, which I'm not going to get into, but it is a difficult topic or, sure. you know, multiple... Kids with multiple it, it just it just well, makes things so much more complicated well, for
0: sure, it? and even you know among your classmates and schoolmates and even people I know, um there was uh anyway, maybe they're watching, and that's totally okay. uh but uh, I had a girlfriend um broke up with that girlfriend, started dating another girl who eventually became my wife. But what's interesting is that girl um then went on and married one of my good friends and uh-huh. uh and then because I was that guy's good friend I was the best man in his wedding so then <laughs> I'm actually say so just picture this right so there's my best friend or a good friend I should say a good friend um yeah. I'm his best man and then in comes his now wife my ex point is you never know like how, what happens in life when we're past turned and, and 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 you know yeah, maybe you're hanging out today and like, okay, I'm never going to see that person again or whatever. Yeah, you never know that. You could end up being neighbors or going to the same church uh, or, working, <laughs> or working in the same environment. Or if you're a doctor, they're now your patient or vice versa. Mercy. Right, And so all of this is, you know, just, this big hairball tangled mess of relationships, which is kind of a beautiful thing mm. as long as you help encourage each other to experience shalom. And that's the thing that, yeah, sex is obviously great, but our responsibility is it's not just for us to experience shalom and peace, but for the people we're dating and the people we're with to experience shalom and peace. And, um, and that means, yeah, having boundaries. In my mm, opinion,
1: Yes. Uh, I know you mentioned this earlier and I want to dive into it, uh, pornography and I want to add like masturbation, right? So like, yeah, how do we talk about these things like Christians? Like what, what is it like healthy? Is it not like, what are your thoughts? I guess.
0: Yeah. I think ultimately, like I said earlier, uh, I believe now more than ever is the time for faith community, for churches to be relevant and real and um, to have these conversations. Uh, I think everybody, you know, if you remember now I'm too old, so I don't say this to my kids any, or to my students anymore. Um, but I used to say dog, you guys, like everybody needs an older brother. I still believe that, but mm. everybody needs someone older. That's a little bit wiser. They've have a little bit more experience with life, but someone they trust. Everybody needs somebody. Even Jesus, and I won't go down this sermon, don't worry. But even Jesus had his inner circle, right? His right. inner three. Um, so he had his 12, right? He had, which even that was like his crew, right? There's like the masses, then there were like a whole bunch of disciples, like 70 mm-hmm. or, or so. Um, then he had the 12, and then he had the three everybody needs the inner circle uh someone that they trust and so i think how do we talk about these things man you find your three you find at least one at least one up to three i would i I promote uh someone older that you could just trust and process life with you don't have to be fake you are just raw um and i -hmm. think everybody needs that that's just a part of the human experience so i think that's the first thing and hopefully there's a faith community in their church with someone they're connected that you can, you can do that with, uh, you know, the, my big thing with, with pornography and, and masturbation, again, I, I think we can't just draw lines and say, that's bad. Right. Because that doesn't, that's unhelpful. Um, mm-hmm. and then we just raise an entire army of guys. Cause let's be honest, most guys do this. Um, we just raise a, a whole army of guys who either are, are now liars or right, or they're, they're connected with guilt and shame and, it's just, it's just weird, right? It just gets weird. So my issue or the way I usually talk about pornography, um, is, is the objectification of women. Um, because ultimately the whole, like in scripture, again, Shalom, right? this is just, this is the message. Um, Shalom experience is experienced when there is freedom and when there is love. Um, but without freedom, there is no love, right? Love can only exist in a state of freedom. Anything that is forced, anything that is fear based is not love. Mm. Um, So this whole idea of, of pornography um, and the objectification of women, basically it's saying that sex is all about me, like making me feel good. Um, you know, my fantasies coming out, like scene images, you know, and you know, again, I'm I'm that old guy, right from Gen X, you know, it used to be back in the day to the gas station or like a bookstore, right? And there were like these magazines in the back all the way in to the top and you had to be all like sneaky, sneaky. And then, you know, you, if you were, you know, a, a good, bad kid, you'd pay for it. And then you get, you know, the super guilty look from the book owner or whatever the store owner or the cashier. Um and if you're a bad, bad kid, you just stole it. Um <laughs> <laughs> but now, right? Like, like this is the thing that's a trip. Everybody um oh I'm seeing all the text I'm missing. Okay. wait, right, everybody like on here, you can have porn right right next to your Bible app. It like it's oh, it's like mercy. one yeah. tap away, right? And and you can you can search for anything. The whole point is it's it's a very self-centered experience where it's all about selfishness it's all about me yeah that is the opposite of shalom right mm. of of doing what is, is is good for that other person right so i think it it creates this false narrative that sex is something that should be good for me where actually it should be good for both of you and again in, in a safe healthy relationship where there is security and hope and, you know, all of that. So that's really the big thing that, that I hate about it is it, mm-hmm. it just teaches it teach and, and let's be honest, it's not just guys, right. Women too. Um, actually a lot of women. Um, but it teaches that it, it only half the story when, no, it's actually about the other person too. Um, mm. and then, you know, going back to some of the th- thoughts I was talking about earlier is, you know, you start to compare and then you think, Oh, well, you know, my spouse or my partner is this, but what I really want is that. And then it, it just, you know what I'm saying? it. You're not experiencing shalom. What you're doing isn't helping the other person to experience shalom. And, mm. and it, the whole thing is just negative. So I guess for me, I can't see anything positive out of it. And if one of your listeners are like, you know, you found some sort of positive you know, there's something positive out of it. I mean, I'm be open to listening, but every time I've heard any story and I've heard thousands probably of, you know, addictions and guilt and it just, this downward spiral. And a lot of times people connect it to to their relationship with God. And it's like, it just, it just gets weird. And right, so, right. Um, you know, while some people are like, well, the Bible doesn't specifically say don't look at porn. Okay, you're right. Just like, you know, your classic freshman high school boy. Oh well, goodness. the Bible doesn't say don't smoke weed. So can we? It's like, okay, well, the Bible also doesn't say don't take a piece of paper and slit your eyeball. But you wouldn't do that. So, right, we just got to be careful um, mm. and, and understand the big picture. Yeah. That's my, My
1: point. I I see like I guess two things that you're saying. Number one, like shalom is a big principle of shalom is like other centeredness, right? So self-centeredness only leads to like damage. I mean, that's kind of like the center of sin, right? And then number two, like I remember this like statement that just stuck in my head when we had a random conversation. You mentioned that like sex is like you use the word ministry. Between yeah. a husband and a wife, I was like, "Whoa, right?" Because you you were saying this thoughts, right? Like, sex isn't meant to just be about me, right? It's meant to it's it's created as as a union between two people. So, right. like, can, can you say more of that? Like, why why do you use the word like ministry? And yes, yeah.
0: So I'm actually gonna I'll pull up the text here, right quick. It's in First Corinthians seven, um, and. Yeah. And and this is like one of those passages that a lot of times, you know, you don't hear people talk about. Um, Well, I'll just read the whole thing. You'll get it. It's short. Don't worry. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, starting at verse 1. Now, regarding the questions you asked in your letter... Oh, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. Um, Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. Okay, so that's kind of what we're talking about. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. Mm, can i get an amen <laughs> uh and the wife oh and that, this, this is this is one all the brothers you're welcome brothers you're gonna get your go get your bible you're gonna highlight this one and star it i know it text it to your girl uh the wife verse four the wife gives it oh wait oh yeah, yeah and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. mm-hmm Verse four, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do Uh, not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. That's interesting. He's like, okay, y'all keep having sex, but if you're going to stop, you should be praying. That's just interesting. And, you know, put that on the shelf for thought. Um... (laughs) afterward you should come and then he goes on afterward you should come together again so that satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control um wow so uh yeah paul's pretty like even though this was written a couple thousand years ago he could have texted that out five minutes ago, um, self-control. Um, again, this, uh, this idea of, no, you're, so ministry, going back to your question, right? Ministry is just a nice, fancy word that means service, right? To serve. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, a lot of times when we think of ministry, we think of religion or church and like pastors or something like that, teachers. No, ministry is anything that you do to serve. Um, so yeah, in any job, you could be serving, right? It's a life of servanthood. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's what marriage is really like, right? Except it's not like, you know, forced servanthood. Hopefully it shouldn't, right? It's, It's like you're choosing to serve out of love. And the reason, right, that the, the driver, the the motivator behind your service should be so that that person experiences shalom again. So mm. yeah, I, I think, you know, sex can be an act of ministry, an act of service um, in order for your spouse to feel complete, to feel loved. You know, going back, we were kind of joking about some of these Old Testament people, um, you know, how many times the 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 impetus the thing that they were struggling about and they were just like oh god where are you was because they they either couldn't have a child or or and a lot of times it's actually connected to the fact that they couldn't have a child they didn't feel loved that's what everybody wants everybody wants to feel loved and connected and and to feel um yeah whole and complete so yeah Mm -hmm. i i do believe that you know and not a weird creepy way um you know, a healthy sex life and and being there for your spouse. It is a type of ministry, just like taking out the garbage and, you know, doing what else? My my wife's love language, right? Love language is another thing we could talk about, is is acts of service. That's the worst, in my opinion, because it's like, I, I mean, like for me, dude, you want me to be loved? Give me a gift. I know that sounds very selfish. No, I just, I feel loved and appreciated when I... Get gifts, right? It doesn't have to be expensive, but it's just that thought, right? It's it's meaningful. But yeah. my wife, no, no, no. She she's got like this laundry list, this this ever never ending list of of chores and stuff that has to be done around the house uh-huh. and you know house projects and stuff. I hate doing this. I hate it, um, but I do it, right? Not to be in relationship with her. But because I'm in a relationship with her, and I want her to feel loved and whole, and mm-hmm. again, that, I think that's that principle is still kind of the idea of the difference between religion and relationship. Religion says, um, mow the lawn, take out the garbage, uh, you know, do you know, do this, 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 and this, then you will be in relationship. Uh. No. The scriptures and marriage teach the opposite. No, no, no. You don't do this to be in relationship. You do this because you're in relationship, uh, understanding that you're in the constant pursuit of shalom.
1: Yeah, huh. that's great. Um, yeah, um, I want to. Which is t- also, and oh, on that, sorry. Go ahead, I, go ahead, go ahead. So, because, um, like, I'll just say
0: this right quick. Um, in the scriptures, when God is describing. Our relationship with him, it's in one of two ways. It's either a marriage relationship or it's a children to parent relationship. Yeah. Either way, there's nothing you actually do to be someone's child. It's only what the parents do. Uh, Right. And so, and and like, and and so again, it's this idea of no, it's not okay live like this, be this sexuality, uh, you know, look like this, behave, 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 and then you can begin. Like, that's not it. It's always you are already in. Um, now mm. let's pursue this together. Um, yeah. To experience Shalom.
1: Yeah. I want to I wanna take this to an angle where, you know, we're talking about, I guess, principles and ideas. And let's just talk about maybe someone who's listening who already like had sex before marriage or let's say uh, struggling with masturbation and pornography, like what would you say to encourage or uplift or yeah, what would you say to these people?
0: Yeah, no, um, I would say just like David, we were talking about David a little bit, a man after God's own heart. Um, He also did a whole bunch of other bad stuff. Like, yes, there, okay, I'll try to be brief, but this is actually really important, I think. Um, We get hung up on sin. And a lot of times as Christians, we like to identify certain things as sins. Um, in fact, I've had parents say, you need to tell my kid, this is a sin. Um, fear-based, you know, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, it's a misinterpretation of sin. Um, ultimately, sin is missing the mark, right? It's an archery term. It's this concept that you take aim, this is the goal, and you missed We all miss, right? Today, you woke up with a certain thing. This morning, I woke up saying, I'm going to exercise. Nope, I have not exercised. Look (laughs) at me. I have sinned, you could say, right? You missed the mark. Um, But at the end of the day, the scriptures are all about this idea of, of, no, but that mark can Like you can bring that back, right? Um, This whole idea of repentance is you're going a certain way and then you stop and turn around. That's all it means. You just stop and turn around. So um, you're, you know, according to the scriptures, there's nothing you could ever do for God to not love you. Like nothing. I think that is just a, a... beautiful gospel truth that we really need to just let absorb and sink in more often there's nothing we could ever do for god to not love us like nothing Mm -hmm. so um no god's not done sure you screwed up welcome to the club we've all screwed up but that's not really the point the point is do you want to be in a relationship with god like do you recognize that that you would like shalom and maybe there's something that is in the way of you experiencing this completeness and wholeness. Okay, well, go to God about it, right? Time and time again throughout the scriptures. All of these people, when something is going on in their life, they just go to God. They just go straight to God. And a lot of times, according to the scriptures, like God responds. And I do think he does respond. You know, maybe it's not necessarily an an, uh, an auditory voice like like you're hearing now yeah but still god shows up and has a way of speaking and communicating and connecting with us um so you know if you've let's say you're not a virgin but you're not married that's okay um you can be, right? You can experience shalom, right? You can be recreated, right? We have this God who's all about creating. Um, he didn't just create once, like once upon a time. No, he still creates. He continues to create life in us and a new in us, right? And again, this is this idea is all throughout the scriptures of how God wants to create something new. He's not done. We're moving forward um, and we can start over fresh. And that's something that God is really, really into.
1: Mm. I, I guess I'll take this conversation a little practical and maybe you can add some things, you know? Yeah. Like, when it comes to, like, like, sex before marriage or, like, masturbation pornography, like, it. I feel like there are things that you can watch or listen to or whatever that can lead you into those places. And you have to be really mindful of, like, what we mentioned earlier, the boundaries that you set. Like, don't set yourself on the slippery slope. Don't put yourself in places of compromise that you know... You'll be weaker, right? Um,
0: well, right. And, you know, I talk to my kids about my students. I always say my kids, my, my students, you know, some of my students are like you, right? You're in your 20s or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, okay, according to the scriptures, Satan cannot read our thoughts. He can't. He can't predict the future. Um, he can't get inside of our heads. So why is he so good, right? Just think about it. If, you, if you're one who you do struggle with pornography, you do struggle with masturbation, chances are, I bet, that temptation comes on strong at a certain time of day or when you're in a certain environment or there's a certain type of situation, not in class, not in church, not when you're with your homies, right? It's in a certain type of situation, right? And then Mm -hmm. that's when all of a sudden it comes on strong. Okay, that's not because Satan's a genius uh, and because he gets inside your head. No, he's just been watching you for a really long time. And actually, I take that back. Satan hasn't been watching you. He like Satan doesn't really care about you. The demons are the ones, right? The fallen (laughs) angels. They're they're the ones out that watch you. But they've been watching humanity for millennia. So they don't have the power to get in. They just really kind of know, oh, in this situation, at this time, if this and this is going right, if the parents aren't home or whatever, um, this is the time to do this for them to break shalom. Because that's the other thing about porn and masturbation is that a lot of times Uh, You know, people will rationalize their way into it, like, "Oh, I owe myself one," which is so—that's another discussion, right? (laughs) Or, or I deserve it because I had a hard day, or you know, whatever. But then, right when it's over, you feel so guilty, right? Right, And then then you start making promises. You're like, "Oh, why did I do that?" Well, again, because you're trying to fill in shalom with something that was never meant to do that, right? Mm. It's a anyway, so. Uh, yeah. So the, the evil one and the rulers of darkness, they are really good at reading the signs. And so uh, exactly what you just said, setting up uh, parameters, um, setting up um, boundaries, I think are really important. Um, yeah. I, I really believe in, um, in accountability. So like something I was talking about earlier is finding one or maybe three that you really trust. Man, if you struggle with this, reach out to that person and ask that person to keep you accountable every single day. And chances are, it's, you know what, honestly, it's, it's every night between, you know, 1030 and 1130. So maybe check up on me, right? Like give me right or something, right? But you can, there are certain practical things to do to try and keep yourself. And I know it's probably going to be awkward at first and uncomfortable because you think you're the only one. I've been doing this thing for a long time. I promise you're not the only one. Um, uh, Lots of people um, struggle with this and, and it, Anyway, there are things that we can do to help help protect ourselves. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I like what you said because it's like, I think people feel they're the only one because they just don't talk to other people about it and no one talks right. about it. So then everyone feels like the only one, right? So community right. is such a vital part of the Christian life and um, in this issue, especially like, I, I love the imagery you put. It just made me really think about it from a different perspective that like Satan and his, his angels, like they they have seen humanity like they have like a case study of of a bunch of people right and so you're working against a pretty quote-unquote powerful force and you need not just not just god god is important but you also need like humans alongside you to traverse sometimes really challenging waters and challenging times
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, You know, the book of Job is this incredible book, but that's really where we get this idea where Satan thought Job was going to do a certain thing because he couldn't see the future. And he assumed Job was being blessed because of a certain situation, but that's because he couldn't actually read his thoughts, right? If he could have, then he never would have gone down this trajectory thinking, oh, well, if I do this, right? And so I guess my point is for millennia, the evil one, because this is the thing, right? And I remember teaching this to to you kids. I still teach it to this day. Um, The evil one and the rulers of darkness, they don't care about us. They don't care about me. They don't care about you. All of you who are watching, sorry, they don't care about you they care about one thing and that's hurting God. Well, how do you ultimately hurt someone? Right. And I used to, I remember Gerald, you being Mm, in my class and me telling you, right? Like you could get up and punch me in the throat and that would really hurt. And I would gag. I've been punched in the throat before. It's awful, but I'll be fine. But if you really want to hurt me, like you'd punch my kids in the throat. Right. So Really, that's, that's the issue is when it comes to temptation and any of this stuff. It's like the, the issue is trust yourself to experience shalom. Um, no, uh, sex is all about you. It's not about the other person. No, porn. It's all about what makes you feel good and satisfying your, uh, your fantasies and you know, whatever. It's the self-centeredness. Um, all of that, while it hurts us because it breaks shalom, ultimately it hurts God. Um, and that's all they really care about
1: mercy wow uh i think that's just a great way to close this conversation um before we end i usually ask this question so as we continue on our faith journey which is the theme of this podcast what are some last words of advice you'd like to give to our listeners
0: oh last word. Oh the, no it didn't come out. last words of advice um yeah i, I think i probably already said it um find a faith community i think it is so important and if you are in a church or a part of faith or in a faith community that right now that you just it's uncomfortable or um you know whatever they don't really seem to get you it's in a different language and don't mean language like you know an actual language but i i for me worship is a language um uh, Music ultimately is prayer, um, and sometimes mm-hmm. music in worship culture isn't actually in your language; it's in a different language. Um, and so, it, it, I would encourage you to to find one that that you can be comfortable in, that you can be real and raw, and and ultimately, it's when it's in those moments when you can actually truly grow. Um, mm. So yeah, because ultimately our, our goal is just, is to grow, not necessarily to be in a certain religion, but to be in a relationship. So find a faith community, my I believe, to help you grow in that relationship. And honestly, just you know, one last thing because I'm old and been doing this a while. Um, like I said earlier, a, a lot of people. Uh, have been damaged and they have this they've been hurt by this idea of sexuality and what sex is and what it isn't and um by by well-meaning bible teachers or pastors or parents or adults in their life and like honestly i just want to say i'm sorry right like we 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 screw up we get it wrong they've got it they got it wrong um Mm. that doesn't mean they weren't trying that didn't mean that they didn't mean well, but maybe they did hurt you um, because they gave you some warped theology or some bad Bible teaching. Um, So on behalf of you know, churches and adults. Uh, I'm sorry, we screwed up. Um, but that doesn't mean that we need to keep going with that, right? Because uh, that's the thing. Of course, church is full of, it's going to be messed up and really dramatic because it's made up of people and people are all messed up. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's the beauty of church. We continue to grow and, and move forward and, and progress. So uh, yeah, I think really just find someone that you trust. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, mm. And I think that is how we really truly
1: grow. Yeah. Hey, well, I hope whoever is listening right now, like this is maybe a start of a conversation you can have if you haven't had it. Cause I, I hope that this conversation that we had, I think it's, it's just so meaningful to me. I've, I've talked about this stuff before, but yeah, like cool. the fact that, um, you know, we can be open about this type of thing. I think is so important for just Christianity in general. So thanks again. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Jay, yeah no, thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Was super fun. Oh, it wasn't fast. boring.
1: Oh no no! <laughs> Not boring to me. <laughs> okay, well, good. <laughs> Real fast, uh, how can uh, our listeners connect with you and what you're doing right now? Yeah, so
0: just on Instagram, you know, it's probably the most basic. Either uh, Jason underscore C underscore Calvert um, or my my ministry Per uh is on Instagram, or my church Kettering Adventist Church. Or actually, it's just called Kettering Adventist. Um, But yeah, just on Instagram, videos, videocasts devotionals worship thoughts worship uh, music videos you know stuff like that right because it's all about community and connecting and uh, especially during this time of covid um, while it's awful and for myriad reasons one thing I think is it gives us actually an excuse to pause and to reflect on who we are as individuals in ways that we need to grow I think a lot of times God starts something new in a space of darkness we kind of see that a lot um. Um, and, uh, and so what is it that God's doing new in your life and through actually technology? I mean, you know, you're in California, I'm in Ohio, but we right. might as well be in the same room. Right. Uh, uh-huh. so we can have these conversations in a safe space. Um, yeah, across distances. So I think that's actually, you know, a powerful thing.
1: Thanks again, Pastor Jay, for being on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Hey, thank you, Pastor Jay, for being on the show again. And I think the insights you shared were definitely powerful for my understanding on this topic and i hope you were blessed as well hey if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more content you know feel free to subscribe or follow on whatever podcast player you're using you know personally i only listen to the podcasts that i subscribe to so you know subscribing will make sure you get new podcast episodes delivered to your podcast player every week and if you found this podcast episode meaningful you know feel free to share this episode with your friends you know I recognize this topic doesn't come up a lot in Christian content out there. So, if you know someone who would appreciate this conversation about sexuality, you know send them a personal message or you could share it on your Instagram or Facebook stories. You know, my prayer is that this podcast can continue to be a source of encouragement for you and others as we continue on our faith journey. Well, next week we dive into an exciting topic, a marriage, and I'm excited to share this conversation because I had a chance to interview YouTuber, Justin Koo, and his wife, Emily. And some things they share include, you know, their story about how they got married and, and then their thoughts on God's take on marriage, you know, and what they've learned from their marriage and advice they give about marriage to those who are married in a relationship or single. So I'm looking forward to releasing this episode next week. As always, remember the words of the great Beth Moore. To God, our journey is just as important as our destination.